You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 40. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Lorna Haig is the head of creative and marketing for the company Alternative Flooring. Lorna is an experienced marketing professional with a love and de of design. Her personal mantra is, life is too short to live in dull spaces. And this sums up how Lorna lives and works. Lorna has multiple industry backgrounds in advertising, exhibition and direct marketing. With all of this experience together with her fresh and energetic approach, Lorna is changing the way people look and feel about floors by bringing design, color and a textile approach to flooring. Alternative Flooring is now an award-winning brand and the first exclusively flooring brand to be nominated, a cool brand for, the style, for its style and innovation. Lorna has literally led a movement where carpet is no longer boring and I look forward to talking to her about how to do all that. Welcome Lorna, it's great to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Yes, it's nice to be here. Thank you so much for your time. And let's get started by you telling us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do. Okay. I've been at um, Alternative Flooring for quite a while now, and, and what's been really great is to watch um, a small company, a niche company, develop um, and really um, be bold about what it's, it, what it's been trying to achieve. Um, sales in the Uh, carpet industry in the UK have haven't been doing too brilliantly um, and in terms of alternative flooring sales they've in, they've they've increased um, which has been absolutely great to watch um, for a, a niche exciting brand um, I I have been looking at product development so um, very much bringing the new pattern carpet to the industry but taking contemporary designs um, in the UK in particular, there was pattern carpet in pubs and clubs, etc. Um, and, and it was very much considered to be old hat. It was very much considered to be um, not in fashion. And so if you, it was almost laughed at. And what we've, tri we've tried and we've managed to do here is, is actually bring contemporary patterns and bring color and bring them back to the floor. Um, Also, it's about the brand. It's about having a flooring brand and, and about marketing that brand and making people excited about it. Um, it's, it's absolutely bringing something different. And you, you look at the way people buy fashion and they buy fashion brands and we've, we've, we've worked like that, but in the flooring industry. And why do you think um, that you said that carpets were so like old-fashioned and only considered to be in pubs but why what do you think made carpets for a long time so unfashionable and unpopular I really do think that there wasn't enough design and innovation going on um, I mean there's there's always the cyclical, cyclical trends um, and you can see that on the in, in the fashion industry um, things come back again so there is a there is a natural Um, movement and move away from certain things and then moving 
towards others. But we we had gone through a period of time in interiors anyway, where things were very bland. We've gone things were very white, things were very beige, things were very minimalist. Um, and so it was about to have the turn, um, but as I said in the beginning, there hadn't been enough innovation. So people were getting used to seeing patterns in clothes, um, you know, dots and checks and stripes, um, and people were happy to wear those. And then there was a movement about actually, yeah, actually you can start having those things in the home. And um, we could see that, and, and that's, and then we innovated. So it was about using our standard colour palettes and making it easy for ourselves, but being able to translate that into the home and into flooring. And when you came to Alternative Flooring, was the company already doing these kind of things or is that what you kind of pushed for? Um, no, Alternative Flooring was not doing any of those things. Um, Alternative Flooring started um, with um, selling seagrass, sisal, natural natural flooring, natural fibre flooring. Again, a niche market, and we do it really well. We bring us we bring our products in from all over the world, and we source quality products in that area. And then we we started looking at more at wool. Um, we had a small wool carpet offer, um, but we could see that other we need to in, we needed to innovate in that area. There's a um, a huge market in the UK for twist pile so we we said right okay we can't go into that market it's too competitive so we went into loop and then from from loop um, strong loop pile designs which were, were were very successful in the in the beginning this was sort of 10, 10 years ago um, we then developed into pattern so there's been an evolution of things happening in our wool carpet area but absolutely we were not in any of those areas when when I started there Oh, that's really exciting. And um, with wool, like, what made you decide to look at wool in more, more deeply? Well, wool's an absolutely fantastic fibre. Um, it's at, it's great to have at home. Um, it's breathable. It, it, it attracts the airborne, um, but you can actually then hoover it up. It's easily cleanable. It's lot. It's it's hard wearing. It lasts a long time. It's a great, great fiber to have in the home. Um, so it was. It, it actually sat, and there was a great synergy between the natural fiber products, um, sisal, seagrass, and coir, and natural wool. Again, a great synergy of us being alternative flooring and actually having natural products. It was a very strong and key brand um, brand statement for us. And do you feel that the customers of Alternative Flooring also understood wool? or Because often wool is much more expensive. Or how did you kind of explain to them why, why wool and why they should make the investment? I think that is an ongoing education um, because um, we're seeing other fibers uh, and we have seen other fibers coming into the marketplace. So anybody who's involved in wool, wool carpets or wool flooring need to educate the consumer as to why they should buy wool um, for its intrinsic properties. Um, it is more expensive but it will last and it gives it gives the consumer so much more. Um, the, the, the bounce back ability of it, the, the, 
the, the cleanability of it, the soundproofing of it um, is, is really fantastic. And it's those messages that we need to keep putting back into the marketplace. Um, so we, when we do that, um, we, we're involved in the campaign for wool. So um, we're a, a keen supporter of that. So whenever they're actually doing any of their exhibitions, we make sure that we're involved. Um, we, we do a lot of images. Imagery is really strong for us and photography is really strong. So we push that wall message and we push that through our platforms and we get involved with Campaign for Wall and any wall project to, or exhibition to make sure that we're promoting that message. Yeah, and I recently had the opportunity to listen to your presentation at the IWTO Congress in Harrogate where your message was all about the power of stories and you kind of um, yeah, had the message for the wool industry that there's a big opportunity for the wool industry to, to be using stories much more. Can you maybe summarize again for this show today <laughs> what, your, what your thoughts are in that area? Yes, um, making woolen product is, um, I mean, it, it goes back to time immemorial. It's, a, it's a, an old and ancient way of making product from simply a natural, from, from the sheep. Um, but we seem to have forgotten the people and the making in that process. Um, from the fleece, there's, there are lots of processes that go on to make sure that it gets into either a carpet or a, or a, um, a piece of fabric. Um, but what we also have to remember is that there's people involved in those processes to make that happen. Um, and they all have their stories. Um, because there's, it's a craft and it's a craft in the making. Um, people are very, very enthusiastic about their craft. And I think the industry per se doesn't tell that story very well. We should celebrate not only the process um, visually, because I was amazed when I went, um, when I was preparing for my talk that actually there's not a lot of beautiful pictures about the making um, of wool carpets, for example. Um, it is quite process driven, but there is a story behind the process and a story about the people um, in that craft process. Often in, in the factories in the UK, there's been families, generations involved in, in, in making carpet um, and their stories haven't been told, just haven't been told. Um, so in the light of our, our, our position in terms of social media and being able to tell the stories and people wanting to engage about why people do that. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I, I thought that message was really important that you had, um, yeah, just now as well for us, but also at the Congress. And what also really struck with me is you showed us lots of beautiful images that you did to promote your carpets and that you actively use on social media. And yeah, talk maybe a little bit more on about your social media strategy and how you how you use, use the power of image to promote your products. Okay. Well, we, um, we do two shoots a year. Um, they are themselves carefully crafted with top photographers, top stylists, set builders sometimes. Um, it's a costly exercise. We have to get it right. The location is, 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 is selected um, for the look and feel of the product as well. 
So we we do all of that with two shoots a year. So we have a, a an autumn, winter, and a spring summer, which aligns itself with the fashion industries and also the exhibition times within um, the marketing calendar within the UK and Europe. Um, and then on the back of that image, the the, the press the press packs are put together, the social media plan is, is put together, and that image has to work really, really hard. Um, you know, the, the per, per shot is very expensive. So we make sure that each shot is has a has a title, has a story, and we tell that story not only in our, our brochures, um, but we tell it online through a campaign, um, a, me a social media campaign across all platforms. Um, and we get that image, that particular image to work really hard. Yeah, and I think that that's key, what you're saying, that it is actually a big investment in terms of time and, and uh, money, but that it is so worthwhile having these really good images because then they can be used over and over again on all different platforms. And you showed some download numbers um, from different platforms where is it interior magazines, for example, would download the image and use it in their, in their magazines? Yeah, and also, you know, we are in this world of bloggers. Um, you look, I was just flicking through at the weekend and I picked up, I think, two or three bloggers who, who talked about pattern and not about pattern carpet, but just about pattern. And so our images were picked up again about pattern being on the floor in that, in that particular scenario i think that they talked about patterns on sofas patterns in fabrics and we were talked about patterns on the floor now i didn't they had tagged us um but you know this is going on all the time so in the global economy we live in the the image is if the right image is picked up and it can go all over the place and you get the feedback and then you get the inquiries so it's and what's so beautiful as well, you, you can often monitor it now with, with, with the likes of Google Analytics. You can see where your traffic's coming in. And sometimes on platforms like House, which is one I, I showed, um, you can actually track back the sale um, from that. So people who've come in, they've engaged with the image, they've maybe asked some questions, and then, yes, they've placed an order. So it's, it's powerful. And a follow-up question that's more practical, which social media platforms do you think work really well for your type of product? Okay, um, we do use them for different things. There's, um, there's a consumer base, a strong consumer base on, on Facebook and they respond very well to competitions. Um, it's a very friendly, down-to-earth um, platform. Twitter is used, we find quite a lot of interior designers use it, um, so, and a lot of the magazines use it, so that that's quite a useful base. Instagram is becoming even more um, popular, and because again, it's the image, um, you can tag things, so that's working well, very well for us now, um, and YouTube especially at the moment and um, we will be doing a lot more video content um, we have these woolen carpets that are made in india they're made they're, they're hand woven um, on hand looms 
they're beautiful again a craft so using video is the way of actually showing how they're made um, showing the people who are making them having a conversation about the people who are making them so again that the YouTube channel but also then putting those videos onto Instagram etc is that's a really powerful medium for telling your story um, the, the other one that I've mentioned already is how is because that is um, an interior an interiors platform um, which people it's a go-to if people are wanting to build a house design a house it's the go-to platform for actually looking at sourcing products, sourcing different materials. So that's that's uh, very, very useful too. When I was planning my own house, um, I actually used a lot of inspirational images from Pinterest. Is that also a platform you work on? Yes, and Pinterest is probably, um, I think, our biggest area where we, we can see the traffic and the growth. Um, Absolutely, people are pinning their, their their visual images that they're seeing ev everywhere to make decisions and to make their own their mood board so that they can make informed decisions. And you know, as I said, the image is the most important thing. And yeah, and, but you also just mentioned that you will be doing more video. Do you think in long term video will outdo the image, or are they just going to coexist? I don't think video will outdo the image. I think people are interested in the story, but they have a limited time time span to actually um, engagement level. So, um, whereas people will look at them and say, I like that, oh, I'll pop that in into my folder or into my into that particular project, project folder. They won't necessarily do that with a video. So they're two different things. If they want to find out more about a company um, and about what they stand for and the process, if they're, if they're, then that's one area I think video can really powerfully tell a story and can make people engage with the brand. Um, but the image is that it's that instant, yeah, I like that. It's that shopping um, scenario. So I think that works really well. Okay, thank you. That's really helpful advice that you're giving today. And another thing I, I noticed is that you, it's also a video, but also a very nice service, is that you're offering your customers to create their own rug. Um, tell us a little bit more about Make Me a Rug and how is it exactly working and yeah, how are consumers taking that offer up on you? Um, well, the company's been offering this service for quite a long time now but it's sort of been hiding um, a bit and we needed to bring that to the fore because it's an, it's an exciting it's, it, it is somewhere where the consumer can engage um, and that we can promote the consumer can engage in the making so we looked digitally about how this can be improved so we shop three standard rooms where the rugs can be placed into those rooms so there's literally thousands of combinations. We offer as our natural fiber, our sisal seagrass, but also wool. Um, and you can put a border on those wool carpets. So it's actually our wool broadloom offer, but you can bes make by bespoke design the size of rug you want in your room and put a colorful or patterned border around it. Um, it has its place very much because there's a design and somebody can um, 
can design what they want, I put a bit of colour, have a chunky fibre wool carpet or a very contemporary smooth look. Um, but they can also have it to the size they want, which um, if you're looking for a particular rug size can be a bit difficult in, in looking at all the different rug, rug companies around. So this gives you the opportunity to design lots of combinations and actually to have a, a specific size that you require. And okay, now I know I can create my own wool rug, so I will look into that again. And but do you think is that a trend to involve the customer more into the process? And also, I guess it's this more individualization of products. Is that going to be more in the future? Um, definitely, definitely in that area. Um, the new version of Make Me a Rug also has the facility where you can design something and you can share it with your friends, you can post it on Facebook, you can add it to Pinterest. So it's very much you know, encouraging the user to, to get excited about what they're doing and then and ultimately to make the purchase, but also to share their creativity. So absolutely, I think it's, it's something that we'll, we'll continue to do. We've got... Um, We're also going to be get celebrity and interior stylists to be choosing, choosing their rug, saying why they chose that particular style, um, and that's that's going to be because people like to know what other people are doing as well. So, um, especially celebrities and stylists and people who are in, who are involved in the home interest, people got they also feel safe actually in in choosing what maybe their suggestion might be. So we'll be doing a lot of that as well and I think that, that's quite exciting. Okay, wonderful. I really enjoyed all your tips. I think our listeners can take away a lot from that. So thank you so much for being so open and honest with all what you're doing. Um, you've met, like one last question, during the Congress in Harrogate, you've also met lots of other people from the wool industry. Is there something you learned uh, from that experience that now helps you with your business or is there also a key message you would like to give to the wool industry of how to get more wool into people's homes? I think we do have to talk about the people in the wool industry. Um, you know, I think that was very, very apparent to me that there are decisions being made um, about wool production and the fiber, but it's backed up by process made by people. And I think it, that the people in the industry have to find a voice um, and the story has to be told. Um, the industry itself is so diverse. The, 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 what wool can do is so diverse and we all have a duty to make people aware about the exciting property that we call wool. And just a follow-up question, if you would be able to have access to more, you know, images, stories and video from the supply chain, would that be something you would be happily accepting to use then in your communications? So is it worthwhile by the industry to invest as well in, in telling those stories and make it available to you? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and when we recently went over to Belgium um, on a project and I took quite a lot of images, which I included in my slide presentation, of people um, when checking the wall and making sure that the, the, the quality checking was done. Um, that that happens all the time with wall carpet. It doesn't happen with, with man-made fine carpet. There's no need for it, sadly. Sadly, because the people are then are taken out. And I think what, what we do is we need to show the craft and we have to talk about the people. And so absolutely, I'd be very happy to, to uh, be supporting of any uh, photography, video of the making of, of wool, from wool to its, its final, final uh, solution, i.e. carpet, fabric, furniture, Okay, great. Well, that's a very nice takeaway message for everyone working in the wool industry. Thank you so much for your time. And what is the best way for our listeners to find out more about alternative flooring? Where should they go? Okay, well, you go to our website. Um, there's various platforms that you can then engage with, as in social media platforms from there. So um, our Facebook account, our Twitter our YouTube, where the story can be told there. So, um, yeah, all, all different platforms where you can see lots of fantastic images. But I think in the first book, you go to our website, alternativeflooring.com, um, and then you can choose how you would like to engage with us. Great. Thank you so much. And, yeah, thanks for putting more wool into people's homes. Please continue. That is really helpful for all of us. And I wish you all the best, and thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you and bye-bye. Bye. I definitely learned a lot from this interview with Lorna Haig and I hope you did too. You can find all the links and platforms Lorna mentioned in the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 040. Head on over to elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 040. Also, I started a little newsletter that I send out twice per month. In the newsletter, I share my most recent blog posts, podcast episodes and other interesting news articles that are related to wool and the fashion industry. I would love it if you join my mailing list and receive the newsletter on a regular basis. You can sign up at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash newsletter. That is all for today. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.